Well, that kind of sucked. Burn the history books for that one, folks. Last week was bad with a capital everything. So let's see if we can't do better in week six. What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at NerdTease, and welcome to week six, before week five is even over, of my weekly NFL pick show for the 2020 NFL regular season and postseason. And yeah, since we have a game that is being played this evening to cap off week five because of all the COVID-19 related shenanigans, um, the week five's not even over, but I I can't wait any longer to put out week six due to my schedule and due to the fact that I just simply don't want to make you folks wait. So here's the week six episode, bearing in mind, of course, that the data that I would have used for a couple of upcoming games is at least a little bit incomplete because those teams haven't played their week five game yet. To say week five was a stinker would be offensive to stinkers. Uh, man, week five was awful. So I'm scraping by right now with seven and six straight up. So that's, of course, pending the result of the game tonight. That has me 49, 26 and one straight up on the season for 64.4%, which is all right. I'd like to be a little bit better, obviously, but last week was kind of rough. But oh man, the betting picks, they, they are garbage. Um, my against the spread plays, three and ten. It's been a long time since I've had a week that's quite that bad. 3-10 and ten against the spread. I've given back basically all of the goodwill that I garnered through the first uh, four weeks of the season. Still 39-36-1 against the spread, but basically gave all of my profit back last week. And the totals, I was pretty well just as bad. 4-9 and nine on the totals. 33-41-2 on the over-unders this year. Ouch, we're dipping back into Justin's bad at totals territory, but we're not going to abandon ship just yet. As is tradition, the freezer just turned on, so we're angling away from that a little bit. Of course I'm recording downstairs, there's still construction going on. So, here's what we're going to do. We are going to skip the pickums this week because nothing is solidified we're going to basically skip the survival for the rest of the season because i was an idiot picked the chiefs somehow they gave up 40 points to vegas and lost that game so i'm now out of both of the survival pools this season um, i'm projected to go 6-0 and in fantasy which is awesome but that's of course pending what happens with the game tonight but we are going to skip all of that we're gonna skip that and i'll update all of that in the comment section below on youtube so i'll update the pick'em pools i'll update the survival pool i'll update you on fantasy i'll do all that after the game is played tonight and everything is solidified because i think that's only the responsible way to do it possibly the lone bright spot from week five is at least i went three and one straight up on the platinum gold silver and bronze missed the platinum though 
What I will do, however, is take the time, of course, to remind you that if you go to the description of the video file on YouTube or the audio file on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts, you're going to be able to find all of my results from last week, all of my straight up against the spread and over under plays for week six in the NFL, information on joining the Bridgewater's Finest and Anti and Co. Pick'em Pools for 2020, information on joining the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page, and information on my good friends and sponsors at Nerd Tees. You know it by now, but in case you've been living under a rock, nerdtees.ca, hit that promo code, which is BWFinest. You're going to save 15% on anything that you buy from nerdtees.ca. You're going to be able to get free shipping in Canada on any order over $100. And today's blend, my beautiful, my favorite, one of my favorites, certainly, Strawberry Power Up, which was the blend, of course, that my good friend Matthew Parker received for getting us to 25 people in the pick'em pool. Remember, when we get to 50, I'm doing another draw. Nerdtees.ca, you know it, you should love it. Promo code BWFinest, save your 15%, get your free shipping in Canada, find yourself something to love, or find someone you love something to love, you can do it on nerdtease.ca. So now that we understand each other that last week was simply a tire fire that you just burn and don't even record for posterity, let's get into the week six games. We're going to kick things off with the Tennessee Titans, who obviously will be entering on the short week because they're playing tonight. So that's the equivalent of playing a Monday night game and then playing on Saturday. Like it's, it's, it's not good for them. We'll put it that way. The Titans at home playing host to the Houston Texans. Maybe I need to reevaluate how I look at coaching changes in the NFL. I look at them rather negatively in terms of how the team plays the very next game, but it seems like they win more often than not, and Houston proved that that was correct. After getting rid of Bill O'Brien, they picked up the win over a Jacksonville Jaguars team where the injuries are kind of starting to mount up for them. And the tight, the Texans, sorry, I mean, look, they're sporting a top 10 pass offense. And that's after getting rid of one of the probably three best wide receivers in football. So they're definitely letting Deshaun Watson cook, kind of like Russ in Seattle. They're facing a Tennessee Titans team that as of right now, anyway, pending what happens tonight, is in the bottom 10 in pass defense. So I don't think their secondary is going to do anything to change those numbers for Houston. Where Tennessee has their biggest edge in this game, they're a top 10 run offense, which is what you would expect from the Titans. Houston sporting the third worst run defense in the NFL, giving up 160.4 yards per game on the ground. Houston also comes in with a top 10 pass defense. I can't overstate to you just how much I feel like Tennessee playing on Tuesday is going to negatively affect them in this game. The fact that they are only going to have that five-day turnaround. It's kind of like playing on Sunday and then having to turn around again and play on Thursday. You can see it almost every single week. The football is sloppier. They didn't get the reps that they would normally get. I feel like this is upset city. I think the Houston Texans come in and win this football game. Romeo Cornell, who I didn't know became the oldest person to coach an NFL game. I think slightly older than, uh, I can't remember the name now, Uh, the name is escaping me, but apparently he's the oldest head coach in NFL history. So they won last week, they looked fairly decent, 
I'm going to take them again. I, I It'll be really interesting to see how both Tennessee and Buffalo react to having such little prep time between games. It'll be a fun game to watch tonight as well. I'm going to take the Houston Texans on the road in Tennessee to upset the Titans. On the line, the Titans are favored by five and a half points at home, and that seems like a really realistic number to me. But I like Houston to win outright, so I'm going to take those points. Houston plus 5.5. Now, there is no total in this game, so it's going to give us the opportunity to kind of set our own total. I think this game goes over 50 easily like by a full score almost over 50. So if you get a number here, any number that begins with a four, so even if they give you like a 49 and a half, I think that's a, a layup to go over. If they give you like a very low 50, like a 50 and a half, 51, 51 and a half, I'd probably consider the over on that as well. Anything higher than that, maybe wait until later in the week to kind of see where the number adjusts to as it gets closer to game time. But any 40 or a very low 50, I'm going to hammer the over on that number. And of course, I will update that for you when a number is available. Let's go Houston 30, Tennessee 26. Let's go to New York now for a battle of all of a sudden kind of interesting, at least one interesting football team. The New York Giants playing host to the Washington football team. And I'm going to I'm going to give them the respect of not doing the Pat McAfee joke badly this week, because look, Alex Smith, what a story, man. That was so awesome. He comes in. I mean, it's not awesome that Kyle Allen had to get hurt, but Alex Smith comes in. Like, I mean, look, they, they were they were behind the eight ball that whole game, but I thought Alex Smith played fairly decently, moved the ball relatively well. I, I figure he's the starter moving forward, although I'm, I'm a little worried about him playing on this terrible, uh, this terrible field that the Giants have to play on, but just awesome to see Alex Smith play football again. I think Washington has the biggest edge, biggest single edge heading into this football game, which comes when the Giants have the football and they're throwing the ball. The Washington football team has a top 10 pass defense in the NFL right now, which if you'd have told them that preseason, they would have jumped on that all day, every day. And the Giants, the fifth worst pass offense in football, only averaging 203.4 yards per game through the air. Daniel Jones just not putting up these fantastic, what I like to call sexy numbers. You also look at the Giants, they have an injury on their defensive side. Linebacker Lorenzo Carter, he ruptured his Achilles, that will end his season. I just feel like Moore is pushing towards Washington's side of this game than New York's. So even though the game is in New York, I'm going to take Washington to pick up a big division win here, an important win for them. It would be their second division win this year, I believe. Washington beats New York. On the line, the Giants are three-point favorites. I would have thought the number would be a little closer than that, but I like Washington to win. I'm more than happy to take those points. Washington plus three. Total in the game set only at 43 points. I'm still going to go under on it. I only have this as like a low to mid 30. I don't see a ton of offense in this game. I see a number of field goals. I think Washington has the higher propensity to put the ball in the end zone and has better weapons to do so. So I'm going to take under in this game. We're going to stay under 43 points in Washington, New York. Washington 17, Giants 16. Probably game ending field goal by the skin of their teeth. Washington gets the win. 
Let's go to Pittsburgh now where the Steelers are going to play host. Another division matchup here. Pittsburgh playing host to the Cleveland Browns. Both of these teams entering with some injury concerns. But what's more important, Chase Claypool, guys. Oh my God. Oh Canada, Chase Claypool. I can't wait to see the run game on both sides in this football game. This is going to be one of those old school smash mouth AFC North football games. Two top 10 run offenses in football. Cleveland, the number one run offense in football. And the Steelers, no slouches at number 10. Taking on two top five run defenses. Pittsburgh, number two. Cleveland, the number four run defense in football. This game is going to be in the trenches. Just these guys just trying to destroy each other. This is going to be an AFC North, a textbook AFC North matchup. I cannot wait to watch it. And what makes it more interesting is both teams enter this game with injuries on the right side of their offensive line. For Cleveland, it's right guard Wyatt Teller. He was a trade acquisition in the offseason, I believe. He suffered a calf injury. He's being considered week to week. It's worth noting Baker Mayfield also had x-rays on his ribs after the game last week, but he expects to play. On Pittsburgh's side, David DeCastro, their right guard, he injured his abdomen. He did not return to the game last week. His status is uncertain for this game, but you could see both of these teams coming into what has to be a heavy run game, neither one of them having their starting right guard. Top to bottom here, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are the better football team, but it's close. It is honestly really close, and Cleveland has really impressed me over the last couple of weeks. I have to stop taking them so lightly, and were it against most of the other opponents in the NFL, I wouldn't be taking them so lightly this week. It's just a bad draw for them, a division opponent that knows them incredibly well. I'm going to take Pittsburgh here, especially where the game is in Pittsburgh. Let's take the Steelers to beat the Browns, but I can't wait to watch this game. On the line, the Steelers are laying three and a half points as a home favorite. I think I'm going to lay those points as well. It's not a great hedge, although I will be doing a hedge like that, at least one later on in these picks. It's not a great hedge, and it's just, it's not a large price to pay, so... I'm going to lay the three and a half points on the team that I genuinely think is the better team, which is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's take Pittsburgh minus three and a half. Total in the game set at 51 points. I'm going to tell you to stick under on this one as well. My second straight under. I've only got this thing capped at like a low to mid 40. So I don't think it gets into the 50 point range or even into the high 40s. So let's stick under 51 points in Cleveland, Pittsburgh. Let's go Steelers 24, Browns 20. What a game. Let's go to Carolina now. Speaking of teams that have been incredibly impressive to me over the last little while, the Carolina Panthers playing host to the Chicago Bears. Freezer, turn off. Now, this is a story of two very different teams when it comes to passing the football. The Carolina Panthers, the number five pass offense in football, but also the number four pass defense. They've been throwing the ball with Teddy Bridgewater, and that secondary has been playing very, very well. When it comes to the Chicago Bears, they've been decent against the pass. They're top 10 pass defense, total pass defense, so far in the NFL, but sit in the bottom 10 in terms of their pass offense. They've got good receivers, but between Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles, neither quarterback has really been able to establish that great rhythm of moving the ball through the air. Certainly advantage Carolina Panthers. 
Now, when you look at the injury situation, Carolina does have one on their defensive line. Defensive end Brian Burns. He suffered a concussion last week. He's in concussion protocol. His status is uncertain for this game. He's got a pair of sacks so far this season. Has been very good on the Panthers' D-line. So if he can't play, that certainly will give some extra time to whoever's back there for the Bears to throw the ball. Another pretty evenly matched game as far as I'm concerned, but I'm going to give the edge to the home team and the team that I genuinely think has been playing better. I've been playing just incredible football over the last month or so. This is the Carolina Panthers without arguably the best running back in football, which makes it all the more impressive. I'm going to take Carolina in this one in Carolina. Let's take the Panthers to hang a loss on the Bears. On the line, the Panthers are only laying two and a half points at home as the favorite. I like them to win. That's a small price to pay. So let's lay those two and a half points on Carolina. Total in the game set at 44, and this will be my first over of the week. Well, guys, if you don't count the Houston-Tennessee game where we don't have a number, I've got this as a high 40, maybe pushing into a 50. In fact, I do have it getting to 50 points. So if you're going to give me a middling 40, I think i got to go over on that, especially with how the rest of the league has been going this year. Let's go over 44 points in Carolina-Chicago. We're going to take Panthers 27, Bears 23. Let's go to Jacksonville now where the Jags are going to play host to the Detroit Lions. Detroit coming into this game off of their bye. And that was their natural bye, not a COVID-related bye. For the most part, these are two pretty middling football teams in terms of how they move the ball and how they stop the ball. Worth noting, the Jags do have a top 10 pass offense so far on the season, but I feel like a lot of that damage was done early in the season where like through the first three weeks, Gardner Minshew was like a fantasy stud and he's still doing good things, but I just feel like most of that damage was done earlier in the year. Again, like I mentioned with the Jags, injuries kind of starting to mount up here. I believe last week it was Miles Jack. This week it's safety Andrew Wingard. He strained his abdominal. He is going to be placed on IR. In fact, he was placed on IR yesterday. He's going to miss a minimum of three games. That's just another piece that's missing from a Jags defense going up against Matt Stafford and a couple of really good receivers in Detroit. I think the edge here is on the Lions, even though the game's on the road. I know they are the favorites in this one, though the game is on the road. So it's one of these kind of, it's a murky game. That's what I'll call it. This is a murky game. It's the first really murky game that we've run into. I'm going to take the Lions to win this game, especially considering the injury to Wingard, who has played very, very well for the Jags so far this year. Let's take Detroit in Jacksonville to beat the Jags. But considering this is murky, here's my first hedge. The Jags are three and a half point dogs at home in this game. I think this game is too close one way or the other. I think three and a half is too many points. I'm going to take those points. Jacksonville plus 3.5. They could win this game outright at very conceivably. Total in the game set at 54 and a half points. This is a pretty good number for this. I've got this capped at a high 50. So I'm still going to go over on it, even though it is 54 and a half. And I believe that's the second highest number that we're going to, sorry, third highest number that we're going to look at this week. I just think you're going to see a lot of points here. Neither defense is particularly fantastic. Both of these quarterbacks can move the football. So let's go over 54 and a half points in Detroit, Jacksonville. Let's go Lions 31, Jags 28. 
Let's go to Denver now for the game we were supposed to see last week were it not for a complete abject failure of the NFL's COVID protocols. The Denver Broncos and the New England Patriots. This game, of course, getting postponed to this week. So both teams, you can say, technically coming in on a bye. Another situation where it's two teams that have been relatively average this season. The Patriots are definitely the better football team top to bottom, but a lot of that is due to all the Broncos injuries. They've had so many injuries this season. And the Patriots, for what it's worth, are definitely running the football incredibly well this year. The Patriots, the number two run offense in football. That is the single most glaring statistic on either ledger coming into this game. One of the biggest determining factors in who wins this game may be whether or not Cam Newton actually plays this week. Bill Belichick is, of course, being Bill Belichick about that question. I think his specific answer was, we'll see how that goes. And that's just the most Bill Belichick answer to anything. But I'm going to take the Patriots here one way or the other. I think if the Patriots run the football like they've been able to do so far this season, I think they'll be just fine, even though the game is in Denver. Let's take New England to beat the Broncos. On the line, the Patriots are laying nine points as the road favorite, not knowing who their quarterback is going to be. So obviously that is too many points for Justin. So we are going to hedge there for sure. No matter who you like to win this game, and obviously since I like the Patriots, Denver plus nine all day. If I knew Cam Newton was 100% and playing, maybe I might consider laying those points. But even so, that's still a lot. Denver plus nine. Total in the game set at 45 and a half points. I think this is an over here. I got this at a low to mid 50. So, I mean, I think this is getting to 50 points. We're going to go over 45 and a half points in New England, Denver. Let's go. Patriots, 28. Denver, 23. Let's go to Tampa Bay now for a meeting of Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Yes, I said it. Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers, the Tampa Bay Bucks, and the Green Bay Packers. Both of these teams should be very well rested entering this game. Tampa Bay coming in on the long week, having played Thursday night in week five. Green Bay coming in off their natural bye. Green Bay also comes into this game with the number three pass offense and the number five run offense in football. They've had no problem moving the ball however they wanted to move it this season. The Bucks are sporting the number one run defense across the NFL only giving up 58.4 yards per game on the ground through five weeks. That's pretty astronomical. That's an incredible run defense. And speaking of run defense, that is also an area where Green Bay may be able to take some control of this game. The Packers come into the game with a top 10 run defense of their own, and the Bucks are in the bottom 10 in terms of moving the ball on the ground. So there may not be a ton of room either way here for running the football, but if you ask me, would you rather take Ronald Jones against a top 10 run defense or Aaron Jones against the number one run defense? I'm a Packers fan, I'm a little biased, but you know which one I'm taking. And if you ask me, would you take Aaron Rodgers in 2020 or Tom Brady in 2020? You know the answer to that one too. Therefore, you definitely know the answer to who do I think is going to win this game. I'm taking the Green Bay Packers until they prove otherwise to me. Green Bay wins in Tampa.
On the line, the Packers are only laying a point and a half as favorites here in Tampa Bay. I like them to win. It's a pretty darn small price to pay. So let's lay that 1.5 on Green Bay. Total in the game set at 54 points. I've got this game getting into the 60s, a low 60, maybe even pushing a mid 60. So I'm going to tell you to go over 54 points in Green Bay, Tampa Bay, Battle of the Bays, if you will. Let's see some points. Let's see some incredible quarterback play. Let's have a fun game. Green Bay 33, Tampa 30. Let's go to San Francisco now for a matchup of a team that I know exactly what they are and a team that I have no idea anymore. The San Francisco 49ers, fresh off of getting blown out of the water by the Miami Dolphins of all teams, playing host to division rival the Los Angeles Rams. Now, the Rams are a team that I definitely know what they are, and that's very good no matter where you put the football. The 49ers, statistically, better than how they've played so far this year. They've only won two games this year. Both of those games were in New York. Now, the Rams are the first team we're going to look at this week that are coming in playing the second half of back-to-back -back road games. There's a couple more that we're going to run into. I wanted to make note that back-to-back -back road teams last week were an atrocious 1-6 and six straight up. They were bad. Now that's of course pending what happens tonight with I believe Buffalo because Buffalo falls into that same category as playing the tail end of back-to-backs. But in saying that, so far they're four and three against the spread. So they're covering, you know, the half and half, but man, they were really bad straight up. And that's what I genuinely feel. That's the real disadvantage to being that team that's playing a second straight road game. So we're still certainly keeping our eyes on that as well as we are keeping our eyes on the run game in this game specifically. Two top 10 run offenses, the Rams number seven, the Niners number 10. The Rams come in with a top 10 run defense, giving up 106.4 yards per game, which yes, does qualify as top 10 so far in this insane points-driven season. But the Niners sit at number 11. They're right behind the Rams at 107.4. The run game is going to be exceedingly interesting in this game because both teams do it by committee. When you look at the Niners, you're looking at Mostert, you're looking at Jarek McKinnon if he's actually playing, and if you when you look at the Rams, you're looking at Henderson, you're looking at Malcolm Brown, you're looking at Cam Akers. This is also a battle of two top five pass defenses. The Rams number two, the Niners number three. But in saying that, these two quarterbacks, one of these things is not like the other. Jared Goff is playing rather well. And Jimmy Garoppolo, we saw last week, might not be ready to come back yet. If he's not, you could see C.J. Beathard in this game, and those two things definitely do not equal each other. So I'm going to skew on the team that I genuinely think is the better football team right now, which is the L.A. Rams. Even though they're on the tail end of back-to-backs, even though they're in San Francisco, let's take the Rams to beat the Niners. On the line, the Niners are three and a half point dogs at home, which this is kind of murky as well because it feels like a bit of a trap in a division game, but I'm going to lay those three and a half points. I genuinely think the Rams are good enough to cover this number. It's a relatively low number. You do have to pay that extra little bit of juice above a field goal, but I'm going to lay those points. I feel good about it. So let's take the Rams minus three and a half. 
Totaling the game set at 50 points. I've only got this at a low to mid 40. I don't think it pushes the high 40s, much less 50. So we're going to stay under 50 points in LA San Francisco. Let's go Rams 24, Niners 20. Let's go to Buffalo now, where once again, the Bills will have to play tonight on Tuesday night football, if you will. They get to go home, but they're going to play host to a Kansas City Chiefs team that has to be pissed off that they just gave up 40 points to the Raiders. Bills, of course, will enter this game on the short week. Chiefs are going to enter this game down one of their best receivers and an offensive lineman. The Bills and the Chiefs sport two top five pass offenses so far this season. Buffalo and Josh Allen, the number two pass offense in football. The Chiefs, obviously, they got Patrick Mahomes. They got all those weapons. They're at number four. However, the Bills and their pass defense is one of the biggest determining factors in this game. The Bills, the fourth worst pass defense in football. They're giving up 280.3 yards per game. I don't see any reason why Mahomes doesn't go over 300 in this game, other than, of course, the injury we're about to talk about. The Chiefs are top 10 in this category, a top 10 pass defense allowing 225.2 yards per game. That's a pretty significant difference. The Bills may be able to mitigate that somewhat, given they have a top 10 run defense. As I mentioned, Patrick Mahomes will be down one of his biggest weapons. That's wide receiver Sammy Watkins. He injured his hamstring late in that game last week against the Raiders. He's likely to miss multiple weeks. Once again, you guessed it, hamstring, soft tissue injuries, even five weeks into the season. He's likely to miss multiple games. And Kansas City will also be down Oza Maley, who I believe is their starting left guard, I think. I don't think he plays in this game either. Given all that, I'm just waiting to see these two quarterbacks put on a show. Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, what a quarterback game this is going to be. The new school of quarterback, if you will. I gotta lean on the Chiefs. I don't see the Chiefs losing two straight games. Buffalo, even if they lose tonight, I could see it. Given the situation that they're in, having to play on Tuesday and then turning around having to play on Sunday, I can understand them under those circumstances losing back-to-back -back games. Even with the Watkins injury, I can't wrap my head around the Chiefs losing two straight. So I got to take the Chiefs in this one. Let's take Kansas City on the road in Buffalo to beat the Bills. On the line, the Bills are three-point dogs. Here's a hedge. And here's a bad hedge because it's only three points. I'm going to take Buffalo plus three. The Bills could wind up winning this game. They certainly could. If Josh Allen outplays Patrick Mahomes, I think the Bills win the game. So the three points, I'm going to hedge my bets. I think it's a close football game. Let's take Buffalo plus three. Total in the game set at 55. This was the easiest over of the week. I got this thing getting into the 60s. Even though it's the second highest number of the week, let's go over 55 points in Kansas City. Buffalo, Chiefs 31, Bills 30. Barn burner. And the last game we're going to look at this week before we get into the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week six sees the Dallas Cowboys at home playing host to the Arizona Cardinals, both teams down significant pieces of their team. Now we talked, of course, about the whole back-to-back -back road games thing. Arizona is going to be on back-to-back two back road games. This will be their third consecutive game on the road before they get to go back home and play another one. That really takes a toll on a team. All that travel, not being in familiar surroundings, it takes a toll. 
especially in Arizona's case. They were in Carolina, then they had to go up to New York. Now they basically have to cross the country to go to Dallas. Cowboys enter this game with the number one passing offense in football. Of course, that has to come with an asterisk, which we'll talk about uh, <laughs> We'll talk about when it comes to the injuries. And the Arizona Cardinals, the number five pass defense in football. That'll be really interesting. I've actually been rather impressed with uh, the Cardinals, certainly in their secondary. They're playing much above what I thought they would so far this year. The Cardinals enter with a top 10 run offense. The Cowboys, a bottom 10 run defense. So that's going to really be a determining factor in this game too. If Arizona can move the ball like they've been able to do so far this year, Dallas is going to be in for a long night. But as we mentioned, significant injuries on both sides here. On Arizona, it comes on the defensive side. Defensive end Chandler Jones, he injured his biceps. This was potentially season ending per coach Kingsbury but they're still awaiting the results of an MRI so can't really 100% solidify anything right now what you can solidify is the Cowboys will be playing the rest of the season without Dak Prescott and that is just bad for football it just sucks it's it's bad for football that Dak Prescott will not be playing any more games this year he fractured his ankle he had surgery he's going to be out four to six months Maybe he could come back if the Cowboys make the Super Bowl, but that would be, even that would be a, a, a pretty big stretch. So yeah, four to six months. This is Andy Dalton's football team now going forward. And what a move that is now by Jerry Jones to sign like a, a starting quarterback, a starting caliber quarterback in this league to be a backup. It's his team now going forward. Andy Dalton's got all these weapons around him. It's going to be interesting to see how he moves the ball. This is another murky matchup. It's a tough one to pick, but I'm actually going to take the Cowboys here. I like, look, they went from favorites to underdogs. I like Dallas in this game. I think Dallas will be able to run the football. I mean, look, you got Zeke Elliott. You're always going to be able to run the ball. And the emphasis is going to be on running the ball. Now, this would seem to go against something that I said on Twitter on Sunday, which was fade the Cowboys rest of season against anybody with a pass rush or any offense with a pulse. While I can certainly say the Arizona Cardinals do have an offense that has a pulse, they just took a huge hit to their pass rush. And yes, I understand the Cowboys O-line situation is not good. Like Tyron Smith is not out there. Lyle Collins is done for the season. I understand this is a big problem, but it's a different quarterback back there right now. It is Andy Dalton. He's kind of used to playing against, or playing behind, I should say, a pretty darn bad offensive line, which he did for a few, his last couple of years there in Cincinnati. So he's kind of used to it. He's not used to having the kinds of weapons he has right now. I'm looking forward to seeing a full 60 minutes of an Andy Dalton-led Dallas Cowboys offense. I'm going to take the Cowboys at home. On the line, Arizona now a two and a half point favorite in Dallas. I kind of understand that line. I think that's mostly where it should be, but I like Dallas to win. I'm going to take those two and a half points on the Cowboys at home. Total in the game set at 54 and a half points. I got to go under on this one. I've only got it at a low to mid 40, but the injuries on both sides, it's going to be really interesting to see who moves the ball and how, but we're going to stay under 54 and a half points in Arizona, Dallas, I'm going to go Cowboys 23, Cards 21. 
Here we go, folks. Platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week six in the NFL. We're going to start, as always, with the bronze pick, where I'm still a perfect 5-0 and straight up. Only 2-3 and against the spread, 3-2 and on the totals. It sees the Miami Dolphins. Unbelievable. Playing host to the New York Jets. And this is just a pure situation of one team is terrible, and it looks like the other team, certainly based on last week, can at least score some points. Now, what else do I have to say about this game? Effing nothing. I, nothing else. These are two teams that are the the dictionary definition of average, of mediocre, if you will. But one team has not won yet and is coached by Adam Gase. And the other team at least won a huge game last week and are playing at home. So I'm going to certainly lean on that team and take Miami to win. On the line, however, Miami is laying eight points. No, I'm not going to do it. It might even be the right pick, but I'm not doing it. It's too many points in a division game to begin with, much less to lay on the Miami Dolphins. So I'm going to vomit in the corner and take the Jets plus eight total in the game set at 47 and a half points this is pretty well a perfect total like this is exactly the kind of total that you would see in a game like this because it feels like it's going to get half pointed one way or the other i'm gonna go over on it because these teams are bad so i expect some garbage time points and i think it goes over by literally a half a point so we're going to go over 47 and a half points in new york miami Dolphins straight up, we're hedging our bets with the Jets plus eight in a game that goes over 47 and a half points. That is the bronze pick. Dolphins 27, Jets 21. My silver pick now where I'm four and one straight up, two and three against the spread, but three, one and one on the total so far this year, sees the Indianapolis Colts at home playing host to the Cincinnati Bengals. And this is less a sparkling endorsement of the Colts and more of a situational move with the Bengals. Because not only are they on the tail end of back-to-back -back road games with a rookie quarterback, they also have an injury that they're dealing with heading into this game. Indianapolis obviously losing a game last week that I certainly thought they should have won. I have to give some respect to the Bengals' secondary. They're two top 10 pass defenses heading into this game. The Colts, the number one secondary in football still, despite what Cleveland just did to them. But Cincinnati, number nine. Like, their secondary has played relatively well this year. However, the big difference comes when running the football. The Colts, the number three run defense in football. The Bengals sit in the bottom 10 in terms of the run offense, even though they've got Joe Mixon. And like I mentioned, big injury to Cincinnati on the defensive side. Their starting defensive tackle, DJ Reader, he injured his quad, was placed on season-ending IR, which sucks, but that's a big hit to the Bengals on the defensive side. Indianapolis will be able to put up enough points to win this football game. Let's take Indianapolis at home to beat Cincy. On the line, Indy's laying eight points, and that kind of feels like a justifiable line. But one thing that I've noticed so far this season anyway, when it comes to the teams on the back-to-back -back road games, which this is the last one that we look at this week, is they're covering against the spread about 67%, about two out of three. So if I'm looking at what I've done so far, I've got the Rams covering 
I've got Arizona not covering because they're the favorite in that game and I have them losing. So if it's two out of three, I think I'm going to lean on the Bengals to cover this game. I don't. A lot of these numbers do not lie. And even though they have been struggling, the back-to-back road teams winning the game straight up, they've been covering against the spread enough that I'm actually going to take the Bengals plus eight. And again, we've seen that the Colts have kind of struggled on the offensive side this year as well. Total in the game set at 46 and a half. This is a pretty easy under for me. I've got it at a high 30. Maybe it pushes 40 points, but I don't have it at a mid 40. So we're going to go under 46 and a half points in Indianapolis, Cincinnati. We got the Colts straight up. We're hedging our bets, taking Cincinnati plus eight in a game that stays under 46 and a half points. That is the silver pick. Colts 23, Bengals 16. My gold pick, where I'm four and one straight up and three and two against the spread, but only one and four on the total so far this year, sees the Philadelphia Eagles limp at home to take on the Baltimore Ravens. And I say limp because they've got a significant, significant injury concern on their offensive line. Ravens enter this game controlling things on the ground. The number three run offense in football and the number five run defense. So look, Miles Sanders had himself a pretty big game against Pittsburgh last week. Don't expect a repeat performance. Baltimore's run defense is legit and they are going to be able to control the tempo of this game by what they do on the ground. Like I mentioned, Philadelphia Big significant injury on the offensive line. It's left tackle Lane Johnson, who is one of the best tackles, period, in football. He injured his ankle last week. They are, quote, seeking a second opinion, which is NFL speak for shit's not good. I don't want to wish ill will on anybody, but if you're seeking a second opinion, that could mean that Lane Johnson's season is at risk. I'm definitely on Baltimore all the way here, even though the game is in Philadelphia. Let's take Baltimore on the road in Philly to beat the Eagles. On the line, Baltimore laying 7.5 points as the road favorite, but this is a big line this week that I think is justified. I'm going to lay those points. I really believe Baltimore picks up the win this week and does it in convincing fashion, so let's lay those 7.5. Total in the game set at 46.5 points, even though Philly showed some life in that game against Pittsburgh last week. I don't expect a repeat performance from their offense. We're going to stay under on this one. I've got it at like a low 40, so it's kind of pushing the envelope on it, but I think the game stays under. Let's go under 46 and a half points in Philly, Baltimore. So we're going to take the Ravens straight up. We're going to hammer the Ravens minus seven and a half against the spread in a game that stays under 46 and a half points. That is your gold pick. Baltimore 27, Philadelphia 14. And the platinum pick where I'm three and two straight up, but only two and three, both against the spread and over under. Seeing the Minnesota Vikings at home playing host to an Atlanta Falcons team that made some changes to the front office. After Atlanta's loss last week, they fired both head coach Dan Quinn and general manager Thomas Dimitrov. So both of them were shown the door, relieved of their duties effective immediately. And I believe Quinn was replaced by Dirk Cutter. Sorry, check me on that. The Falcons promoted Raheem Morris to their new head coach, which is an interesting choice, given that the defense has been, in a word, bleh. 
Now, the Falcons do definitely have an edge here in terms of throwing the football. They're a top 10 pass offense. Matt Ryan is moving the football, mostly to Calvin Ridley, which thank you for my dynasty team. And they're going up against a Viking secondary that is in the bottom 10 in terms of pass defense. So Atlanta's going to be able to move the ball through the air. No question about it. The Vikings have the number four run offense in football. However, that comes with an asterisk as well. And that asterisk comes in the injury to Dalvin Cook. So Dalvin Cook injuring his groin once again. He had an MRI, which apparently went pretty well as far as uh, Coach Mike Zimmer said. However, he may still be held out in this game. So they may not have Dalvin Cook, but Alexander Madison showed that he is more than capable of carrying the load if they need him to start for a week. And on Atlanta's side, they've got an injury as well, and it's on their defensive line. It's Tack McKinley, and that's I've called his name multiple times this year. I think he had a shoulder injury earlier. He injured his groin as well. It was a re-aggravation of an earlier injury. His status is uncertain, but man, you got to sit that guy and get him healthy. My apologies for the freezer kicking on once again, but we will finish things up quickly. Look, I really like the Vikings here. What the Vikings have been able to do through the air after giving up Stefan Diggs, like Adam Thielen was going to be Adam Thielen, but Justin Jefferson has become a revelation in terms of this crop of rookie wide receivers who basically across the board are making a nice little impact for their teams. But They've got two really good receivers that are going to be able to really take advantage of the Falcons secondary, I think, all game long. Let's take the Vikings at home to beat the Falcons. On the line, Minnesota's only laying three and a half points as a home favorite. That feels like a layup. Thank you very much. I will lay those three and a half points on the Vikings. Total in the game set at 55 and a half points. I think this stays under, but this is a pretty close number. Like I've got this game getting into the 50s, but 55 and a half is just a couple too many points for me. We're going to stay under 55 and a half points in Atlanta, Minnesota. Vikings straight up, and we're going to hammer the Vikings minus three and a half against the spread in a game that stays under 55 and a half points. That is the platinum pick. Minnesota 31, Atlanta 20. There you have it, folks. Those are the picks for week six in the NFL, and it is time now for the patented comment of the week. And there were a lot of good ones from last week. The comment of the week from the week five episode goes to my good friend, longtime listener, uh, one of the most respected members, I would say, of the NFL YouTube prognosticators community, and that is Martin, West Coast Martin. His comment from last week, well, one of his two comments, first of all, he said, I did a first, I made my picks while listening to your podcast. Martin, I personally apologize for that, considering how my picks went. But the real comment of the week that I'm giving to you is when you made the comment many times when a team changes head coaches, they win that first game. Thus, I'm going with Houston. I didn't go with Houston last week. I was wrong. Martin was right. It'll be really interesting to see what happens with the Atlanta Falcons this week. If the Falcons upset Minnesota, I have to completely change how I look at coaching changes. So if that happens, I'm fully giving Martin credit for just 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 keeping that in my ear every single time. It's like, look, sometimes when those changes happen, they win that first game afterwards. So, Martin, yours is the comment of the week from week five, and you may get more praise to come if Atlanta somehow winds up winning that game this week. 
All right, folks, week six episode is in the books. I apologize if it felt scrambled. It was scrambled. That's just the way things are going these days. That's it for me. Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees. Enjoy the games in week six. Some real premium quarterback matchups this week. We'll see you again for week seven. Thank you.